In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. To compete, you must know your enemy. A sports team will study the films of the other team to learn their plays and identify their strengths and weaknesses. And from the looks of it right now, both my St. Louis Cardinals and your Kansas City Royals should be doing a little bit more of that. You have to learn the pitcher's tricks. You have to prepare yourself for the game. In the business world, a company will study its competitors, learn their weaknesses, so that they can turn them into their own competitive advantages. To compete, you must know your enemy. In a much more serious matter, then, you should know your ultimate enemy and study his moves. The old evil foe now means deadly woe. Deep guile and great might are his dread arms in fight. So this morning I'd like to consider in the backdrop of our Old Testament lesson today concerning the prophet Amos, what the aims and the goals of the old evil foe, the devil, the ruler of this world are. What's his agenda? What are his strategies, his tactics? Let's study the film. For you are engaged in a great spiritual battle, and to compete, you must know your enemy well. We know this about Satan, that he wants violence, wickedness, and dissension in our world. He does not want your good, but your downfall. He wants you to be miserable and to have no joy in Christ. The more miserable you are, the happier Satan is. But that's not the real thing that Satan is focused on. The real thing that he's focused on, his real target is not chaos, but unbelief. He wants to keep unbelievers in unbelief, and he wants to draw believers away from believing in the Lord. His end game is clear. The devil wants you to not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Satan wants you to believe in anything other than Jesus Christ in his word and his sacraments. Now, the Holy Spirit wants the opposite for you, of course. The Holy Spirit's aim is to create and sustain faith in your heart. The Holy Spirit wants to tighten the bonds between you and your Savior. The Spirit desires to help you become more faithful, a mature Christian, to grow in Christ, to be content in all things. How does the Holy Spirit do this? Well, by means of the Word of God. The Holy Spirit works through the Word of God, proclaimed in all of its truth and purity. Through the law of God, the Spirit of God leads sinners to repentance. Through the promises of God fulfilled in Christ Jesus, the Spirit of God creates and sustains faith and gives Christians joy and comfort in the Lord. The Holy Spirit works through the Word. So then, what's Satan's best move against you? Well, the devil seeks to prevent you in any way possible from hearing the Word of God. He wants to keep you from hearing really listening and taking seriously to heart what the Lord has to say to you. At its very core, 
the devil's tell is the same as in the garden. Did God really say? And with his devious tricks, he seeks to prevent you and others from hearing the life-giving word of God. Now, how does he do that? What's his tell? Remember, we're studying the film. One approach of Satan is to fill the arena with myriads of false voices in an effort to drown out or marginalize the true voice of God. So many people start saying one thing that it eventually becomes foolish to believe God's word, which says another. And this is nothing new. Throughout the history of ancient Israel, the devil sends false prophets, counterfeit voices, who always outnumber the true prophets by a wide margin because these false prophets tell sinners what they want to hear. And as a result, the people follow them. The true word of God gets drowned out in all the noise, and only a few remain and still listen to it. But you are here, engaged in this battle, listening for the voice of God, not just for your sake, but for your children and for your children's children's sake. And though you have though you have a myriad of voices all clamoring for your attention, you have silenced them as best as you are able and have put in the effort to come and to listen to God's word for you. And so, if Satan cannot keep you from hearing the words of God, his next approach is to silence the true voices of God's saving word, the ones whom Christ sends as, a, as ambassadors in his stead, through whom God makes his appeal to you. This means the devil sets his aim on me, a pastor, and on all pastors sent by Christ. The old evil foe tempts pastors to shrink back from speaking God's word and all of its truth and purity. He says, the people will love you and adore you if you just look past this sin. Don't tell them the law. They'll be so offended and, and hate you. He tempts spiritual fathers to fall into the trap of power and pride or into despair and loneliness. Either way, Satan's goal is to silence the voice of God. In Amos chapter 7, we see yet another way of Satan's classic moves to silence the voice of God. You see, Amos, a true prophet, is sent by God to a town called Bethel, and a great number of people are there to worship. Instead of worshiping at the temple in Jerusalem, where they're supposed to worship, the people decided to set up their own sanctuaries in the north. Less commute, I guess. Easier on the pocketbook, maybe. One of these sanctuaries was located at Dan in the far north. The other one was at Bethel, in the southern end of the northern kingdom. Now, Amos was called and sent by God to proclaim what God had to say to them. But the false prophet at the false sanctuary in Bethel who had stirred up all the people to follow him, did not want to hear what God had to say through Amos because it was a word of law. Amaziah is that priest at Bethel. And after hearing Amos, he complains to the king in Samaria and says, Amos has conspired against you, O king. Now take note, Amaziah the priest paints Amos, the prophet, 
as some kind of a political, subversive opponent. He's conspired against you, O king. See, Amaziah believes that the message of the true God is just human politics. Another way that pesky southern kingdom's trying to overthrow the northern kingdom king. But through his prophets, the true God speaks. And yet so many seek to reduce the word of God to worldly politics. As if everything is only about politics today. You see, you can't talk about God's word without being labeled by a political party. Everything's a conspiracy against the state. And thus, God's word is silenced by Satan. Because you don't hear it as God's word anymore, but as some political talking point, a red state, blue state thing, something that can be easily dismissed or ignored. This is the work of Satan. Remember, Satan only wants unbelief. And unbelief comes from failing to listen to God's word. And this is another way that he's doing it, by getting you to believe that God's word is merely man's word. One man's conspiracy against another. One man's viewpoint against another. It's all political. See, Amaziah reveals this thinking when he says to Amos, Never again prophesy at Bethel, for it is the king's sanctuary, and it is the temple of the kingdom. You see? To proclaim judgment against Bethel was to oppose the king's sanctuary, the government. Consider how the false government of northern Israel and Samaria and the false temple of northern Israel and Bethel were united in their efforts to silence the true voice and word of God. Now, thus, whether it is through the myriads of voices in our culture or through the silencing of pastors, or the wickedness and deception of politics, Satan stops at nothing to silence the word. Yet, there is one more place that he moves. Yet one last realm where he works. And that is upon you, your heart, and your twisted desires, your wants. He places fruit which is desirable to the eyes and tempts you all the day long right in front of you and within you. Not so that your life will be chaotic, oh no, 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 but so that you will stop believing in the one true God. Eventually, slowly, but surely, this is his ultimate endgame. Indeed, Satan reserves his best moves in this very sphere, the human heart, where he relentlessly works all sorts of sin, iniquities, and wickedness within you, getting you to question God's goodness and offering you something greater. For he knows that even if the culture and the arena and your pastor fail to stand on God's word, he still must claw his way into your heart and rip it out. For there, the true treasure still remains, despite everything else failing. It is against these attacks that the prophet Amos speaks for God in the face of a corrupted culture and government 
and in a myriad of false prophets, false pastors. Amos declares, Thus saith the Lord, I will raise up the booth of David. The booth of David. God's own son. Jesus Christ was crucified and put to death for the sins of the world. For your sins and mine. For the devil's wicked temptations against you. And three days later, God raised him from the dead. He raised him up, loosening the pangs of death and destroying Satan's power. God will have the last word over you. And he will never stop speaking to you. For to compete, you must know your enemy. But as a Christian, you must also know who fights for you in this great battle. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God the Father and the Spirit of His Son, Jesus, the booth of David, fights for you. He is the one who calls out to you to repent, to confess your sins, to leave them behind, and to follow Him with all your heart. He is the one who speaks to you of His blessed forgiveness, mercy, and love, which endures forever. The Spirit of God fights in this great battle for you to create and sustain that faith in your heart in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And He works continually on your behalf to transform your life, to listen to the voice of God, and to hear your pastor speak in His name, and to follow Christ every day in the culture. To compete, you must know your enemy and all that is against you. But for us on this side of the empty tomb, it does not end there. You must also know who fights for you and all that he does for you. For in Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.